Good evening. On the show tonight, a woman who's been on a fast for 12 years asking for the Armed Forces Special Powers Act to be lifted from her state, Manipur, is being force-fed by the government to keep her alive, yet now finds herself facing charges of attempted suicide framed today by Delhi court. She appeared in court today but said she is not guilty. She loves life and is following in Mahatma Gandhi's footsteps in her satyagraha for justice and peace. Irom Sharmila spoke exclusively to NDTV. I love the life as a human being with respect. I never attempt to commit suicide. think that she can be really accused of uh, trying to commit suicide because this has been an accepted way of protest absurdities there of our justice system in a way but also on the show tonight our special focus over 80 people have now died in protests in Bangladesh and clashes between young protesters and Jamaat activists but the Shahbagh protests have now touched record across the world we ask what is the impact in India also a major sponsor the Gujarat based Adani group withdraws from the Wharton India Economic Forum after they uninvited Narendra Modi at the last minute students join us to debate the controversy tonight but our top story tonight and that's of course what happened with the notorious Uttar Pradesh minister Raja Bhaiya who was forced to quit today after widespread outrage when a police officer's wife accused him of being involved in a conspiracy to murder her husband her husband was killed in Raja Bhaiya's constituency amid mob violence He was left by his men who ran away. The young DSP Ziaul Haq with his wife threatening to commit suicide, Uttar Pradesh's top establishment reached their village in Deoria today. The DGP was greeted with bangles by villagers. The chief minister was told by the young officer's wife that she would commit suicide if justice was not done. Controversial Uttar Pradesh minister Raja Bhaiya forced to quit after allegations of getting a police officer killed the victim ziaul haq a deputy superintendent of police an upright police officer killed for doing his duty on sunday soon after the murder of the village pradhan haq went to the bilipur village where he and his men were surrounded by villagers and four of raja's men who allegedly killed the village pradhan haq was shot in the chest and head he died instantly Ziya's friends remember him as a good man who labored for 16 to 18 hours preparing for his police service examinations a poster boy for those who want to join the state services Haq's wife claims he was silenced by Raja Bhaiya and his men for not agreeing to slow down investigations into a case of communal violence in Kunda she has demanded that Raja be arrested or else she will commit suicide कानूनी कार्रवाई की जाए जो हमने एफ आई आर दर्ज किया है उसकी सुनवाई की जाए और सही से सीबीआई की जांच हो समाजवादी पार्टी चीफ मुलायम सिंह सीम्स फेयरली एट ईज 
कि बात अगर यहां तक बढ़ती कि किसी को सीओ के हत्या कराने के बारे में सोचना पड़ता तो उससे ज्यादा आसान ये था कि उसका ट्रांसफर करा दिया जाता इन कुंडा एंगर एंड प्रोटेस्ट द स्टेट टॉप कॉप ह्यूमिलिएटेड एज बैंगल्स वेब बिफोर हिम इन लखनऊ द स्टेट यंग चीफ मिनिस्टर बैटलिंग द इमेज ऑफ लॉलेसनेस ऑल्सो रश्ड टू द विलेज जो भी लोग दोषी हैं उनके खिलाफ कार्रवाई होगी किसी पक्ष के हों चाहे उनके खिलाफ कार्रवाई होगी उत्तर प्रदेश की स्थिति बहुत ज्यादा खराब हो गई है वहाँ पर अभी प्रेजिडेंट रूल लगने की जरूरत है टुमारो विल बी वन ईयर सिंस अखिलेश टू कोवर एस चीफ मिनिस्टर विल ही ट्राई एंड कीप हिस्स वर्ड ऑन क्लीन गवर्नेंस और विल ही काउ डाउन टू दो फियर्ड एंड पावरफुल इन उत्तर प्रदेश विद रमेश वर्मा एंड अनंत जनाने इन डेली आलोक पांडे एनडीटीवी We'll be tracking that story, but moving to our other big story this evening: these shocking visuals of a young woman being beaten by Punjab cops in Taran Taran near Amritsar. The woman was apparently being harassed by truck drivers, so she went to policemen to complain. But just look at how they treated her. They have been suspended now, but that's only because this was flashed by the media. When our reporter first spoke to the local station house officer, he said he refused to accept that they'd done anything wrong. In fact, he said that they were defending themselves and trying to sort out. between two sides but look first that policeman hitting the lathi the other policeman coming from the back and pushing her four policemen now suspended but let's just look at these men who actually carried out this action they've now been suspended but will stricter action be taken against them actually there should be action against them for beating a woman and there at least two police officers caught on camera this footage is shot by a passerby on a mobile phone he then distributed the channels and that's how it actually became public as i said the sho first said that the policeman had done nothing wrong let's just hear what the young girl who was beaten so brutally said ਸੀ ਜੀ ਦੇ ਬੇੜੇ ਤੇ ਮੈਰਜ ਤੇ ਗਈ ਹੋਈ ਤੇ ਆਉਂਦੇ ਸਮੇਂ ਮੈਰਜ ਸਾਰੀ ਵੇਲੀ ਵਧੀਆ ਲੰਗੀ ਜਦੋਂ ਆਉਣ ਲੱਗੇ ਨਾ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਗੱਡੀ ਵਾਲਿਆਂ ਨੇ ਮੋਸਾ ਕਾਲ ਕੀਤਾ ਮੈਂ ਮਜ਼ਾਕ ਕਰਾਇਆ ਫਿਰ ਮੈਂ ਆਪਣੇ ਭਰਾ ਨੂੰ ਤੇ ਆਪਣੇ ਡੈਡੀ ਜੀ ਨੂੰ ਦੱਸਿਆ ਕਿ ਨਾ ਮੈਂ ਮਜ਼ਾਕ ਕਰਾਇਆ ਤੇ ਪਰ ਮੇਰੇ ਡੈਡੀ ਜੀ ਜਾ ਗਏ ਤੇ ਮੇਰੇ ਭਰਾ ਜਾ ਕੇ ਨਾ ਸਮਝਾਉਣ ਲੱਗੇ ਕਿ ਪੁਲਿਸ ਵਾਲਿਆਂ ਨੇ ਲਾਠੀ ਚਾਰਜ ਕੀਤਾ ਬਹੁਤ ਜ਼ਿਆਦਾ ਮੈਂ ਦੱਸ ਨਹੀਂ ਸਕਦੀ ਕਿੰਨਾ ਬੀਤਾ ਨਾ ਕਿ ਉਹਦਾ ਕੋਈ ਆਪਸ ਵਿੱਚ ਪਹਿਲਾਂ ਤੋਂ ਝਗੜਾ ਹੋਇਆ ਸੀ ਕਿ ਦੋ ਪਾਰਟੀਆਂ ਨਾਲ ਜਿਵੇਂ ਕਿ ਦੱਸ ਰਹੇ ਆ ਵੀ ਕੋਈ ਲੜਕੀ ਦਾ ਕੋਈ ਮਸਲਾ ਸੀ Vikram Chaudhary joins me now live. Uh, Vikram, what's the reaction been there in Punjab? Because we know the policemen are giving a different version. They're saying that the girl actually tried to attack them. That's right, uh, but Sonia, there is no defence. Uh, obviously, the pictures—they uh, are speaking uh, loud truth. Perhaps uh, everything is quite evident by uh, looking at those pictures. Uh, we can clearly see two police uh, cops uh, brutally beating up uh, this woman. Whatever be the provocation, but uh, there can't be any provocation uh, that severe that perhaps uh, they can resort to such a thing. Uh, of the record police has been saying that uh, the women and uh, her brother even tried to attack the police party but you can see uh, policemen were uh, were definitely more than four or five uh, there uh, but then obviously shocking pictures i have with me uh, young women out here in jalanda they are shocked uh, but they say there's not nothing unusual out here in punjab uh, this is what they fight it out every day i have with me some young uh, girls uh, what do you think you've seen these visuals uh, isn't it very shocking and now what do you feel about uh, yourself uh, living in punjab 
Yes, I feel it is very shocking. It's very dangerous to live in our own city. Basically, the police do not have any right to misuse their uniforms. Today, the today in the schools, we are having this right that no teacher is allowed to not no teacher is allowed to hit the student. Whereas the government is creating the Nirbhay Fund, one thousand crore rupees for the security of the women only. But where the security lies? Still, the government is himself hitting the women. What does Nirbhay Fund will do in that Absolutely. case? Absolutely, this is shocking. Somebody yes. who, was, who was supposed to be law keepers, they're the ones. Who yes, are. they must be suspended from their jobs. If the teachers, they are suspended Just from their jobs. Is enough. Then they must be. Need something more than that. Yes, obviously they must be retired from their jobs. Up, up. What do you think about this? I think that if the police who are protecting us, if we are not safe. वहीं सेफ नहीं है तो आम जनता से क्या उम्मीद कर सकते हैं हम आप क्या समझते हैं इफ द गवर्नमेंट इज नॉट टेकिंग स्टेप्स अगेंस्ट ऑल दीज थिंग्स देन इट इज द कंट्री इज गोइंग टू रोइंग इट इज गोइंग टू फिनिश्ड द पुलिस हैज टेकन वेरी स्ट्रिक्ट एक्शन सो दे very valid points uh, raised there, Vikram. Uh, what's the point of France when we see that the first reaction always of officials in uniform is to defend their own? Thanks very much, Vikram, for joining us. In front of Shonarga Hotel, where President Pranam Mukherjee is staying here in Dhaka. And look at the scene that you can see around me. A presidential escort arriving, driving out of the hotel. But what is most important is around 2 o'clock, a little bomb was blasted here at this spot. This is the mark where the bomb exploded just meters from the hotel. I'm not sure where President Trump is, but certainly the most unexpected, perhaps unacceptable, unacceptable. So what exactly are the Shahbag protests? Do these signal a Bangla spring in the country? NDTV's Monadipa Banerjee reports from the heart of the action. Shahbag in Dhaka. The movement 28 days old today and growing strong. The crowds may have diminished a little bit, but the passion is there in plenty. Passion fueled by these youngsters on stage who have turned slogan shouting into a fine art. And none better than this young lady called Lucky Akhtar, who, with her imaginative, passionate, evocative, inspirational sloganeering, has come to be known as the voice of Shahabad. When I have looked that the millions of people are participating here, that it in its inspiration uh, uh, use, so it is a great uh, uh, inspiration for me. Shahbag is demanding the death penalty for 12 people accused of war crimes, including murder, rape, and collaborating with the Pakistani army back in 1971. The 12 collaborators, most of them, belong to the Jamaat-e-Islami party. Bangladesh has waited as much as 42 years for justice and now they want the ultimate punishment, death by hanging. So what do you want? Why are you here at Shahbag? We want justice. They did in 1971. 
last 42 years we don't give the justice to our Catholic martyrs. So this is the time to give them the justice. I am a freedom fighter. The process of trial of war crimes criminal is underway. So we want this uh, process to complete this process. So when the tribunal awarded the life sentence to a gentleman called Kader Mullah, Shaba was born. This on the 5th of February. Thousands upon thousands of youth bloggers who were on a network, you know, came together spreading the word through the world wide web, spreading their spark of protest. Today, even President Pranam Mukherjee, who is here in Dhaka, has praised the youth of Bangladesh. Pranam Mukherjee has praised the youth of Bangladesh for their role in nation building. What do you feel? Uh, we're very much proud of that and uh, Bangladeshi here, they're very much keen to have the international support. Appreciation of His Excellency, the President of Indian, uh, India, uh, that is very inspiring for our ongoing movement and the youth. A bomb exploded this afternoon in front of the hotel where President Pranam Mukherjee is staying. This on the second day of the Hartal called by the Jamaat. Fingers are pointing for the bomb explosion at Jamaat. The party whose activists have gone on the rampage across Bangladesh ever since the war tribunal ordered Bilawar Hussain Saidi, a war criminal, to death on Thursday. The Jamaat, however, thinks that, you know, uh, first of all, there is this issue of the tribunal itself, its proceedings being flawed. And second, they feel, the Jamaat says, that the Shahbag movement has made it impossible to get a fair trial. Well, the, those who are in Shahbag, they made it absolutely abundantly clear that they want a death sentence. The Prime Minister is under court while speaking on the floor of Parliament, asking the judges to take into account the wishes of the Shahbag people. But Shahbag is on a roll. It's a movement that has grabbed the world's attention. It's a movement that many are saying is one of the first fights by ordinary people against fundamentalism. It's a movement that they are saying has brought the spirit of are really bringing the spirit of Shahbag right into our studios here in New Delhi. Uh, Monidipa, thanks very much for joining us again live. I'm also joined by Shogutu Roy of the Trinamool Congress. West Bengal, of course, watching very closely what's happening in Bangladesh. I'm also joined by Prakash Javdekar of the BJP. But Monidipa, over to you first. Really uh, broadcasting their live from uh, Shahbag to India in a sense and the world. What is happening there? The number of people killed in that sense, the violence has been very different from what we saw in uh, the Arab Spring, what we saw in Tehrir Square. Over 80 people killed in Bangladesh. Does the government have a handle on the situation? Well, the government certainly claims that it has a handle on the situation, which is why, you know, there have been these 80 deaths. Most of these 80 deaths, Sonia, are Jamaat activists 
shot by the police, most of them. And why has the police shot them dead? Because across Bangladesh, not in Dhaka, not in the capital city, but across the districts, northern districts, western districts of Bangladesh, you know, ever since Thursday's death sentence for Saidi, the activists of Jamaat and its student wing, the Shibir, have been going on a rampage. They have been attacking police stations. They have been attacking government property. They have been trying to, in a way, provoke the police into firing at them, which the police has had to do to protect themselves in self-defense as in the line of duty. And so many people have died, most of them Jamaat supporters. It's a horrible situation if you go out in the districts. Dhaka is tense, but incidents are few and far between. Mm -hmm. But the rest of Bangladesh is truly on the boil. Does the government have a handle of, on it? The government says yes, but the price is being paid in the fact that so many people have died. And the opposition leader has had the opportunity to call this a genocide. Right, Munadipa. And you've, of course, however, also got in uh, with you uh, from Shahbag. You've also got two people, uh, at least one young girl who's become the face of the movement in a sense. Lucky. And uh, she's become the face of this movement online. She's being followed across the world. Uh, uh, why don't you go across to your guests uh, right now? Yes, indeed. She is the... Certainly, Lucky has become a household name and I'm sure much beyond the borders of Bangladesh. Lucky, over to you. Tell me, I mean, you are the Konna of Bangla, the voice of Shahbag. How do you feel about that? Actually, this, uh, this fills me uh, very proud that everybody recalls me, calls me as uh, Ogni Konna. So, not only me, but also there are many uh, women in Shahbag. They are called Ugnikunna because they are participating a great role. Not only the women, but also men also. There. But tell me, what is it that inspires you? Actually, as a, a child of a freedom fighter, I have that inspiration to know about the 1971 that is called the Liberation War. And also, I have the uh, um, inspiration from my political organization that is Bangladesh Students' Union. Because, and for the 42 years in Bangladesh, about 6,000 people became stackled and about 2,000 people are killed those who were the progressive students worker what so do you what do you want out of shahbag what do you want uh, to be done to the war criminals what's your main war cry actually i want or we want for the capital punishment for the war criminals because they have brutally murdered our um, our martyrs and they have done their brutal killing over the Bangladesh for 42 years. I have another guest with me, a very prominent theatre actor, Iresh. Iresh, let me ask you, the world is asking why the call for capital punishment in a world where many countries have banned it? Uh, simply because capital punishment is the highest form of punishment in a crime in Bangladesh. I and mean, you have to understand that from a perspective of, say, in many Western nations where capital punishment is being abolished, for them it might seem inhumane to ask for capital punishment. But for our youth, capital punishment is clear and present reality. 
they live under the threat of capital punishment. They know that if they commit a heinous crime, then they will be served with capital punishment. So for, for them, it is natural to us that given the legal history and legal reality, the extant reality uh, of the legal system in Bangladesh, why would these people who have committed hundreds and thousands of crimes against humanity in 1971, why they won't be getting the highest form of punishment? Had it been established, the highest form of punishment was lifelong imprisonment, had we had a proper That's penal fine. system, okay. then... That would, have been, that would have been another issue. Okay. But capital punishment is established in our society. Okay. Uh, another question for you, Lucky. You know, you, how old are you? Actually, I am 22. Just 22? Yeah. So you were born many, many years after the Liberation War. And yet you connect with the Liberation War? Actually, I have connected by the uh, education by the well, 19, in 1971 my father was a uh, freedom fighter but now I am a freedom fighter of the new generation I feel that so uh, that is a greatly connection because after 42 years the work criminals are becoming punished or their punishment process are running so that is a really very shame for us Absolutely. that after how many years it, it has started. Finally. So, finally. I must ask you one more thing. You yes. know, we are your neighbors. India is your neighbor. Yes. In this situation, what would you like India to do? Actually, nowadays, uh, now it is a time to protect ourselves. And I think that we are now, uh, we are capable to protect ourselves. But if any need is needed then we will call to all the world countries to uh, help us but now i think that our government and our people if our people protect uh, uh, come out then it will easily um, uh, easily can be done because only four percent people are jamaat islami so we are 96 percent so the, there is no opportunity to uh, to take them in this country so they can be easily banished if we come out just so you don't really need help from India no. the way India helped in 71 it is not necessary the not youth true. are out the young people of Bangladesh yes. are out on the streets so you are the new revolutionaries yes I think so okay last question that I have to ask you uh, lucky and that is what is your favorite favorite slogan joy Bangla Okay. Joy Bangla. There you have it. Victory yeah. for Bangladesh. The war cry coming out of Shahbag. A war cry voiced by this young lady and supported by thousands and thousands and thousands of people who have been congregating at Shahbag for the last 28 days. Thank you. And actually, if you and uh, Lucky and uh, the young theater actor could also stay with us, because I'm also joined now from Washington, D.C. by uh, Sajib Wazid. Now, he is the son of uh, the Bangladesh Prime Minister, Sheikh Hasina, also an important voice in this movement. I'm also joined by Abhishek Manusinghvi of the Congress, Prakash Javdekar, and Shoguta Roy. But Mr. Wazid, if I can go across to you, you supported Shahbag. Uh, your mother, the Bangladesh government, has supported the demands of these young protesters at Shahbag. But we've seen this outbreak of violence, the death of over 80 people. Is this a situation that has, in a sense, gone way beyond what uh, these young people are asking for in Shahbag? Is it a volatile political situation now? And that's really the key challenge at this moment. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, we fully support Shahbag. I was in Shahbag myself uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the situation that you're seeing right now is not... Um, is not as volatile as it appears on the outside. 
What you're seeing are the death throes of a terrorist group. Jamaat mm -hmm. is a terrorist organization. They uh, coordinated genocide during our war of, war of liberation, and the whole country is against them right now. So uh, I don't. Uh, this situation, while it is unfortunate, uh, I don't think it concerns uh, the people of Shabag and our government. We're not worried about it. Yet, sir, uh, I must ask, we know that, of course, uh, uh, Khalida Zia has, of course, scored a strike as well. And the Jamaat-e-Islami, which you say is a terrorist organization, was an alliance with them. And in that sense, there is a sizable vote, they claim, which is with them. So, do you think you're right when you say the whole of Bangladesh is behind you at the moment? Uh, Young Lucky says that as well. Do you think the whole of Bangladesh is really behind you at the moment, or is the country on the boil? No, actually, I would say the whole of Bangladesh is behind us because uh, uh, the BNP so far had refrained from uh, making any statement either on the war crimes trials or on Shabak mm -hmm. because they knew there would be a backlash against them. And I think what uh, Mrs. Zia has done is just uh, handed the election to us because uh, the sentiment is going to go against the BNP. Uh, Jamaat is a, uh, has a minority of the vote. Uh, in the last polls, they're polling less than 1%. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamaat is really hated in Bangladesh, and for BNP to join sides with them is only going to hurt the BNP. It is not going to hurt us. If you stay with us, sir, I'd like to go across uh, to some Indian uh, polit politicians now on the situation uh -huh. on our borders. Abhishek uh, Singhvi, if you can come in here. What's interesting is that India, and uh, of course uh, in 2011, the Indian Prime Minister in off-the-cuff comments to editors had made the point that India is extremely worried about how a growing amount of the population actually supports the Jamaat. What is the Indian, what is the government's reading of the situation currently in Bangladesh? How closely are you observing it? President Pana Mukherjee there at an extremely volatile time. We know Kalida Zia's meeting was cancelled with him. What is the India perspective on this? Since I hold no position in government, I need not be as uh, finessed or diplomatic as some uh, ministers need to be. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we have to be clear and candid. There have been ups and downs in our relationship with Bangladesh, but I don't think it's ever been as strong, as stable, as involved, and as continuing as in the last few years, including now. Number two, I think whatever you say for at the international level, at the country-to-country -country level, each government is to be respected, each government is the same, but I don't think one can hide the fact candidly that apart from a relationship, there is an EQ, there is an emotional quotient to the relationship whenever uh, Mujibur Rahman's uh, daughter's party mm -hmm. comes into power there. I think that emotional quotient is something which can't be ignored or wished away and India has that very special relationship wherever she is in power. Thirdly, it is perhaps because of that that there are some vicissitudes when the opposition leader Khaleda Zia comes into power. But there can be no gain saying that irrespective of political color in Bangladesh, people are fed up and look down upon all violent activities, including terrorist and semi-terrorist activities, which some of these parties practice. Jamaat, unfortunately, has acquired a reputation. It did not have so earlier, but in the recent years has acquired a more acute reputation of this. And I think uh, when somebody as important, as connected, and most importantly, a Bengali president of India, the first Bengali president of India, something which really creates an, yes. uh, a, a, a natural affinity in the entire Bengali diaspora around the world, mm -hmm. goes to visit that country. I think, and I say it with respect, and I say it not in a partisan manner, 
it's a matter of uh, regret that partisan politics has erupted on behalf of uh, one party there mm -hmm. uh, or two parties there. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something which has gone down very badly with Bengalis all over. Bangladesh Bengalis, West Bengal Bengalis and Bengalis across the world right. have felt that this is being too petty and small. Perhaps. And lastly, lastly, yes. Sonia, I think uh, of all our seven neighbours, we cannot underestimate the vital importance of Bangladesh in geopolitical, external mm -hmm. and uh, interactive relationships on economic and geographical fronts. Mm -hmm. It's a vital nation. So India has to keep that very special relationship and has to hasten slowly and to tread cautiously. In fact, Prakash Javdekar, if you can come in here, India has been very proactive in a sense in uh, backing the Shahbagh protest. We remember that when this uh, first happened in Cairo, India was much, much more cautious in its diplomatic line. And of course, President Pranam Mukherjee choosing to go ahead with his visit. What would you like to see Indian government policy on this? Do you agree uh, with what uh, you've seen so far? Would you support the government here? See, there are two, three issues. Let us understand Bangladesh is now going through a phase of radicalization. And Jamaat Islam wants to do that. And good thing is that the young aspirational Bangladeshi youth are opposing it in Shaibar. So this is, this is the uh, struggle which is erupting and that is why we are calling it as a spring and rightly so. Mm -hmm. But there are two, three issues let me clarify. First is that these Jamaat, what has done after 27th February verdict last one week, mm -hmm. five temples, 36 Hindu houses, one Buddhist temple in Chittagaon and in Naukhali in Begamgach, mm -hmm. torched and things. Means there is this side also that whatever little Hindus have been left are being targeted and so and they are attacking police also and so police are firing. So this is all vandalism and arson, looting taking place yes. all over. So, India needs to take note of it. Second, more important, we want a stable, prosperous Bangladesh. And as rightly said, that whenever uh, Hasina Wazid is there, so there is a connect. And uh, Khalida Zia is on other page. The issue here is, we need to, we, we, we handle Bangladesh situation very badly, whereby even uh, she uh, is not in a position to really echo all the what India thinks. Uh, what has happened is we we dealt uh, Tista problem very badly. Did not take uh, Mamta on board uh, in the right manner so in which she should have been. An extremely important relationship. Yeah, but this is very important, relevant, and the enclaves, the whole uh, whole issue of enclaves exchange, will also dominate for further discussions now. Because land for land is always okay, but how much land and what are the way so, out and so crucial how we can so immediately sort it out. We crucial. need to sort it out. We can sort it out. Let me bring in Shogutaro. As I said, West Bengal was watching, uh, India watching, but for West Bengal, of course, it's extremely crucial since it shares a large part of its uh, border with uh, Bangladesh. Shogutaro, when you're watching what's happening there, in a sense... West Bengal and Mamta Banerjee especially have been very careful on statements she's made because of the whole minority vote bank in, that she has in West Bengal as well. Do you go as far as uh, in, India has gone in condemning uh, Jamaat and Khalida Zia? The, also the Tista issue which uh, uh, Prakash Javdekar referred to. We saw the kind of uh, last minute uh, turmoil that happened over that mainly because of Mamta Banerjee. Firstly, 
let me say I am of the generation which saw the Bangladesh liberation struggle closely associated with it. A strong emotional bond mm -hmm. with Bangladesh. Foreign policy is supposed to be enlightened self-interest. But as far as Bangladesh is concerned, it's a total emotional relationship. Mm -hmm. Secondly, what we are seeing in Shabak is sort of a recreation, renaissance of the spirit of 71 that we saw before the military crackdown. Mm -hmm. The renaissance among the people. The way people have come out against the war criminals. I see hope in the new generation of people in Bangladesh who are fighting, who are raising their demand mm -hmm. for punishment to the abettors mm -hmm. of the massacre of Bengalis in 1971. Yes. So, they, none of them have seen the 71 Bangladesh war, these people who are participating. We heard young but they, saying we, yes, You yes. heard that. But somehow or other the spirit of 71 has been recreated. They may have read about it, they may have heard about it from their parents, but somehow or other that zeal has come back to them that there will be no passerelle, no passage for extremist elements. Now, the war criminals, those who aided and abetted the Pak army, mainly belong to the Razakars, mainly belong to the Jamaat yes. Islami. And Jamaat Islami is not a big force in terms of people. They had only 4% votes and two seats in last Bangladesh elections. Yes. But Jamaat Islami has a capacity to create trouble. Lastly, about Bangladesh, about Tista, we want the best relations with Bangladesh. Mamta, there is no greater friend of Bangladesh in India than Mamta Banerjee. But please remember that Tista waters are mm -hmm. also important for West Bengal. Our four districts, we have built a barrage across Tista in just one second. Sure. In, in North Bengal and four North Bengal districts, Kujbihar, Jalpaiguri, parts of Darjeeling and North Dinajpur mm -hmm. are looking towards the Tista water for their irrigation. Four months Tista is in spade. There is no problem. It's only in the lean months when you need this no, water. So, so whatever, we keeping the friendship with Bangladesh intact. We must work out a solution which will no, protect agree, but I don't think the issue the was specifically about Tista, but the issue was really <coughs> about the relationship with Bangladesh and uh, how they put a spanner really just on the eve of the Prime Minister's visit. But let me just go back uh, to Shabak and Monidipa Banerjee. Uh, Monidipa, what I want to ask you, you've heard the politicians, you also heard Sajib Wazid. Now, one hallmark of the Shabak protest has been that they've been apolitical and when, in a sense, they've been protesting, asking for justice for 1971 against war criminals, their larger demand is also that they want transparency. They want transparency in the political and the judicial system and what they're sick of is business as usual. So, in a sense, when we see uh, the government backing Shabak protests, we see the police actually against Jamaat workers, what are the young people looking for? Because they're not backing government versus opposition here. <coughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
No, uh, Sonia, I have to tell you that we have had to let Lucky go and the other guests because the situation here became a little uneasy, so they had to leave. So what I can tell you, however, is this is a question I've asked the young people here, that, you know, aren't you worried that the political parties uh, is, are going to take advantage of your movement? And their answer is, you know, we don't care which political party takes advantage, doesn't get advantage, or what. We are here for a cause, and we will pursue it to its logical end. Yesterday, I met Imran Sarkar, the founder, as it were, if you can call him a founder, there are so many people involved in founding the Shahbag movement. I asked Imran Sarkar that would he be standing for the elections in, uh, later in the year, and he said, no way, we have no political aspirations. So these young people uh, claim at least as of now that they have no political amb ambitions. If Awami League benefits by their movement, so be it. If BNP benefits by their movement, so be it. But their movement will continue, their demand will persist and they want simply two things death sentence for 12 war criminals now being tried and a ban on the Islamic party the Jamaat-e-Islam uh, Sajib Wazid uh, last, uh, last words are really with you tonight that issue really of uh, whether the, the government is trying to ride on the banned wagon of Shahbag their demands they say are simple now but in a sense it's also about a larger openness that they would like to see in Bangladesh these are similar protests we saw in India similar protests we saw in Cairo's uh, Tehrir Square and we saw that when politicians you of course are not a politician but a politician's son get involved with it the whole nature of a movement changes how do you think the Shahbag movement will keep itself relevant in a sense and apolitical and how will uh, uh, your mother's uh, government <coughs> escape charges that they are just trying to cash in on these protests? Uh, the trial of the war criminals was one of the election pledges of our government. That is something that we had pledged to do before the elections and we took our time to organize these trials in the most transparent manner possible. In fact, for the last four years we had heard criticism from this young group, from the general population, that the trials were proceeding too slowly. So the question of transparency, it had uh, all the trials have been covered uh, by the media in Bangladesh. Everything is on record. There is absolutely nothing secret here. Uh, all the evidence is on record as well. Uh, this is not something that we necessarily are trying to take advantage of. This is something that we want as well. So we share the same goal. We have the same, uh, we are the party of the independence movement. We are the party that led our independence. The, mm -hmm. uh, the, the spirit of liberation is ours. So uh, we are. We feel very emboldened by this movement. On, it's, it's not that we're taking advantage, but we feel emboldened by this movement to take stronger action, that the population of the country, especially the young generation, the future generation, is fully supportive of what we're trying to do, right, which is to bring justice, to bring closure. Well, as I said, uh, tense days ahead, another strike uh, called there by the BNP head uh, uh, Khalid Azia as well. Thank you all very much for joining me. But Mr. Uh, Javdekar, Mr. Singh, we do please stay on for our other focus tonight. That, of course, is the uninviting. And now reports that Arvind Kejriwal could replace Narendra Modi at the Wharton India Economic Forum. Let's just look at the sharp reactions that have been coming in on uh, the Wharton Students' Union invitation and then uninviting of Narendra Modi. A statements being issued by Wharton explaining why they decided to uninvite Mr. Modi, but there's been sharp criticism here, uh, the BGP and others saying it's an insult to India. And now reports that Arvind Kejriwal could be Mr. Modi's fill-in. Therefore, I thought it's an insult to our office of the Chief Minister, wherein a person who is occupying that office three times in a row,
Former Minister and Senior Shiv Sena leader Suresh Prabhu standing in solidarity with Gujarat Chief Minister Narendra Modi who was dropped as a speaker by the prestigious Wharton Business School from their economic forum. Mr. Prabhu was also supposed to speak there. The BJP says it doesn't care but the snub to Narendra Modi only shows how divisive he continues to be. It is not a Wharton's and uh, US citizens will not be voting in Indian elections. What it matters in India? It matters nothing. The European Union is, uh, and yeah. America is becoming partner in his uh, 2015 vibrant uh, Gujarat. I have seen that there are people who are taking it as an insult to the country that somebody is not being allowed to go who is democratically elected. Now that's one way, I don't know, I don't subscribe to that. I feel that none of us, has any one of us here ever been stopped from a visa? Now if somebody... Uh, is denied a visa, then also as an Indian I feel that the person, we have to look at the person who is denied a visa as to why he is being denied. The reason given for the cancellation is uh, their deep concern uh, over uh, the human rights violations, the massacre that took place in Gujarat in 2002. It means uh, the people uh, are uh, are questioning the role of uh, Mr. Modi's government at that point of time uh, when the massacre took place. Narendra Modi was supposed to deliver the keynote address via video conference. He was dropped after three Indian American professors from the University of Pennsylvania sent a petition speaking against such a move. Those supporting the cancellation say Wharton's invite would have whitewashed Modi's past and granted him international respectability a simple question about free speech, right? It's about um, the power to reach out to large numbers of audiences through free speech. Kiran Shah Mazumdar tweeted, What an India forum! No blow to Modi but a blot on Indian student organizers. Most unprofessional for not being aligned. The US has only recently reiterated that it has no plans to change its visa policy against Mr. Modi. The what and snub comes at a time when Narendra Modi's star is clearly rising within the BJP. And while his popularity may be rising here, he clearly continues to be a divisive figure for many others. With Tejas Mehta, Amitav Revi, NDTV. So, Wharton loses its main sponsor, the Gujarat-based Adani Group. Suresh Prabhu also decides he won't go, but it's now confirmed that Arvind Kejriwal will address the Wharton India Economic uh, Forum. And on March 23rd, that's the first day of his fast against Delhi's rising electricity bills. But joining me now, uh, of course, Abhishek Singhvi and Prakash Javdekar. But I'm also joined by students from India, because we said, let's move it beyond Wharton. Two young students from the Shiram College of Commerce, uh, one Divyansh Jain, who was, of course, very happy with Mr. Modi's address at SRCC, but also Srishti Yadav, also from SRCC, who didn't feel the same way. And uh, Divyansh, when you see what's happened at Wharton and... Uh, in a sense, the complete uh, fiasco with first Mr. Modi being invited, then him being uninvited after people protested about it. Do you agree with it? You supported Mr. Modi coming to speak at uh, uh, SRCC. I supported SRCC's calling Modi uh, from my heart. And Modi's invite being cancelled first day, not speaking as a student of SRCC, not a BJP supporter, not a Modi fan. But as an Indian, it is something of deep shame for an Indian political leader to be called to Wharton, uh, firstly being invited himself and then later on the event being cancelled mm -hmm. and basically his invite being cancelled that is something that shouldn't be happening it is not at all expected from Wharton. In fact Abhishek Singhvi if we don't play politics here that is a valid point which Divyansh makes. Mr. Modi is a democratically elected chief minister of Gujarat. The Congress itself said accepted his victory with uh, 
not perhaps a very good face, but said that he has won a fair election. Do you agree with the view when people say that this is an insult to India when achievements are invited and uninvited in this way? Uh, Sonia, I must tell you that uh, the Congress and I have personally never been meddling or speaking on issues such as country A or country B denying or granting visa to Mr. Modi mm -hmm. or withdrawing or extending an invitation. First of all, I think this is not something on which a rival political party needs to comment unless it raises some national issue. Secondly, I think it gives far too much importance to every move of Mr. Modi. If he sneezes, we must react. I don't believe in that. Thirdly, I think it's entirely between Mr. Modi, his invitors, the government or the visa, or the visa authorities. Mm -hmm. And I'm not here to opine on the merits. But I think none of us can ignore the fact that, uh, and this is between Mr. Modi and his, uh, and his inviters, I'm not saying that between them, but there is a fact of life which Mr. Modi and the BGP cannot ignore, that somewhere, somehow, the incident of 2002 will continue to haunt them unless either the global community believes that there is genuine contrition by Mr. Modi, which perhaps we have not seen, or perhaps they believe they have not seen, or there is something else which is done by Mr. Modi which, which elevates their trust and faith in his contrition on this issue. No, but now, I think absent that, mm -hmm. in such time, these incidents will keep on happening. Some people will invite him, some will cancel the invitation, some will withdraw. It's between them and Mr. Modi and there's nothing really for the Congress to butt into. No, but uh, Prakash uh, Javdekar, come in on that point because I actually asked whether we should put aside party politics at this side and talk about really what seems to have been an embarrassment, as Divyansh puts it, an embarrassment for an Indian chief minister. Do you think that's really the point uh, at stake here? Because, of course, we've seen that earlier when some Congress leaders who were uh, said to be involved with the riots of 84, when they went uh, to America, again, you had some Sikh groups raise the point to go to local courts as well. Do you think that, in this, that there must be unity when it comes to facing issues like these abroad? Absolutely. But let me also clear two things. Mm -hmm. Modi has not sought visa. So there is no issue of rejection. Uh, if you are not applying, where is the issue of rejection? So that's a canard spread by some lobbyist. And yes, America, we have all kinds of lobbies working. And let me also be very clear, on this occasion at least, everybody has to say that democratically, our Indian democracy is a vibrant democracy, and democratically elected CM, if it is being insulted like this, that is absolutely wrong. Second, Walton is a good school, but not the final arbiter of deciding the human rights and everything. So let, let us be very clear. It was the students' right who wanted Modi to come, because in white doesn't go like this. Mm -hmm. They take views of the students, and then they decided the, decide the case. And once they invite... It speaks for their cowardness, uh, the those who are inviting. So for us, it's not a big issue. Yet, yet, it's Mr. not an issue which we want to say, but... No, but uh, Mr. Javdekar, if I ask you, Mr. Modi expect, accepted uh, the invitation. So obviously, do you say he doesn't apply for yes. a visa, he doesn't care about America, yet he accepted the invitation to speak by, via video conference. So he clearly wanted yes. to reach out to an American audience. No, it, let me tell you, video conference doesn't require visa, number one. Number no, of two, course, but he wanted to reach out to American audience. Is he wants to, he wants not only, it is not only American, it's a global 
students in all the universities in USA. So we see, so he is already interacting with global community, particularly the youth. But yes, definitely a 10 years head campaign against Gujarat Chief Minister Modi has been taken benefit of by some lobbyists, but that is not the world view of how it looks to the world view uh, uh, is there to see in vibrant Gujarat, in in no, Japan sure. investing, in UK becoming partner and next conference US itself becomes the partner. So the rest of the world is falling in line, you are saying the US will follow. Let me get in uh, Srishti Yadav from SRCC. Srishti, do you agree in a sense, do you think that Wharton had in a, uh, the fact that they said that they uh, didn't want Mr. Modi to come and they said that is not really a comment as such but we wanted to reflect we felt that the sub-segments who have protests against him also have a valid point of view and that it may embarrass Mr. Modi. Would you have liked to see the same happen in your own college, SRCC? Because we saw, of course, when Mr. Modi spoke there, there were protests outside as well. But SRCC's uh, student body and the principal felt that he had the right to speak. Uh, certainly, if his coming to our college offended certain students and professors, then they should have had a say in it. If it, uh, he came to college, uh, it should not just be uh, the decision of 10 people in a room. It should be the decision of everyone in the college. Because would, would you have said the majority should win? Would it have been a vote? Because the majority may well have been with Mr. Modi. And he is, of course, elected three times. So the majority in Gujarat is clearly with him. Uh, no, but at least uh, what people who did not want him, their views should at least have been heard. I mean, it is important that uh, we should not just be protesting outside college, inside college. If uh, we do not want uh, someone like him to be speaking, then the college should at least acknowledge that uh, there are some dissent. So you're saying there should have been more debate, even if the final decision was Divyansh, you don't agree with that? Ma'am, firstly, when we were inviting Mr. Narendra Modi for the Shiram National Oriya Memorial Oration, ma'am, we didn't invite him as a political leader. We invited him because the uh, business model that he has developed in Gujarat, we want that to be implemented centrally throughout the country. And be, irrespective of whether it is being done by Congress or BJP, it is the business model that we wanted to know. And we being the students of SRCC, the Premier Commerce Institution of India, so we definitely wanted to hear from him and take inspiration from him. And when it comes to the protests and stuff, ma'am, any leader that we call today, if we call Pranam Mukherjee or rather anybody, even Arvind Kejriwal or an Anna Hazari, ma'am, protest some people, there would have been a certain section of people who weren't happy with that. Mm -hmm. So... For that, we, I think it was a good decision that we uh, took off calling uh, Mr. Modi and continuing with it. Let me just go across because I've got Professor uh, Turchu Ghosh uh, joining us uh, from Pennsylvania, who was, of course, one of the three professors who led the move against Mr. Narendra Modi coming. And, of course, uh, Wharton eventually listened to him. Professor Ghosh, when you are seeing the debate in India ranging from calling it an insult to India to those who felt that your voice should have been heard, but the callous, uh, the way that it was done was it left a bad taste in people's mouths, first inviting him as chief minister, then cancelling it. Do you think that um, this was a minority view? In a sense, the students who have actually gone underground since uh, the decision uh, was announced, do you think that they were given a fair hearing? Because this was, after all, their, their decision. They wanted to invite him. Yeah, actually, this process, I believe, it ha has enshrined free speech processes because, uh, you know, certainly some people believed, and, that, and it is important to know that delivering the plenary uh, speech and being the plenary speaker on development in India at, at this Wharton Forum uh, translates into representing what the development model should be. 
This is not a panel where, where he was asked to debate his views. This was where he needed to deliver something that was enshrined by, the, by, by, by this particular forum as the development model to be followed. And we believed, and uh, the, it wasn't a minority view, but, um, and it wouldn't have worked if it had been just a few professors. These were uh, faculty members from all over the university, but most importantly, there were faculty members and community members all over the country, and then from all over the world who wrote in. And it keeps pouring in that this person should not be the model of development. His human rights record no, is part of that Gosh, development This person process. is a chief minister of an Indian state elected three times. More, more important uh, than to actually question and analyze his policies. His human rights record is very much part of that development process. That development process has been established by the systematic repression of uh, certain yes, poor folks in the... Professor Gosh, I'm going to let Prakash Javdekar the BGP actually react to that. Go ahead, sir. Sonia, absolutely this is rubbish because no court, no court has said anything how these people, the lobbyists, those Modi baiters want to crucify Modi without going in for a trial. They want to conduct trial through media. This is not done. And nobody will look, uh, listen to this. The issue is uh, the, the invite, those who are inviting has buckled under pressure, pressure of lobbies, but that is unfounded. The charges against uh, Modi, uh, even they are not perception, they are absolutely, rub we rubbish those charges because there is absolutely no iota of truth. Right. And let us not forget that this shows the culture, this shows the culture. And everybody will, I must congratulate Suresh Prabhu, he has declined, Adani has said we are not sponsoring and people will also have reaction right. and they will give it. A final thoughts uh, tonight, Abhishek Singhvi with you. What if this happens with the Congress leader tomorrow? Mr. Javdekar's point that uh, Mr. Modi is not indicted in any court, not named in any case. What if this happened tomorrow with the Congress leader? I made the point earlier that some groups have protested when some Congress leaders who have been uh, associated or, uh, with the 1984 Sikh riots who seem to be associated have gone to America. Tomorrow this could happen to the Congress leader. Would you have the same reaction? Well, first of all, I said it is completely, uh, it, it is wrong for the Congress to fall into the trap of commenting about grant, refusal, rejection, withdrawal of invitations or visas to Mr. Modi. That is something between him and his sponsors. And I think it gives undue importance to him that everything he does is subject to Congress scrutiny. For us, he is not that important. Secondly, I think you cannot generalize. It is very important not to generalize. Okay. Consider if a Congress leader could be personally attributed guilt of the nature of 2002. I don't think the Congress would back him at all, leave aside the rest of the community. So don't, don't ask hypothetical questions. No. I think irrespective of all the years that pass, of all the rehabilitation he tries, Mr. Modi will have to satisfy the global jury someday out there, which will always have that doubt, that question, that trust deficit. Well, of course, and Dr. that Singh, can be done only I, I by genuine yes. sense of contrition. We don't know. Dr. Singh, of course, I don't entirely agree with you on what you just said on that question of the leader because you know there's been much controversy about some Congress leaders who are said to be associated with the 80, uh, 84 riots. There's still no justice. There's still a case 29 years later in a court about the 1984 I, riots. I, so let's see, the jury is still out so of that. Yeah, I, I, must tell you, Mr. Modi, Sonia, I must tell you, 
those no no one second yes one second those leaders have been denied tickets they have had political burials after shoe was thrown some have died after shoe was thrown trial. no ticket was they denied after shoe was MPs. thrown at its congress press conference so it's not entirely not shoe, no, as no, no. open tickets, and shut as that tickets have been denied prosecutions are going on trials are going years, on sir, they are not seated or hero hero worshipped they are not hero worshipped as chief guest speakers in congress sammelans or uh, functions well are they on the are they on the stage not, or not are they on the stage like or not is the, the question but we do yes, agree this debate here because it's not just about that but are they on the stage or not tickets were denied after shoe was thrown at a congress press conference i have to leave this debate here because we're completely out of time but thank you all very much for joining me let's just see how it actually unfolds over the next few days arvind kejriwal the replacement thank you so much thank you so much divyansh and shishti we'll take a quick break now but i'm leaving you with the highlights of the day and that of course is the amazing pujara thanks for watching goodbye